Holly G with the Golf Insiders with today's edition of Tour Talk. It's my pleasure to have one of our most esteemed golf writers in the business. He's a busy guy, but I finally tracked him down, and it's a pleasure to have Mike Perky from The Morning Read and SportsIllustrated.com with us today. Hey, Perk, how are you? Hello, Holly G. Thanks for having me on. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, You know, there's still a lot of golf to talk about, even though we're uh, in the height of, uh, you know, the World Series and football, but uh, this wraparound season gives a lot of players the chance to to shine in the fall, and uh, a guy who is, boy, his star is rising higher and higher, Hideki Matsuyama, the Masters champion, winning the Zozo Championship in his home country, Japan, on Sunday. Huge victory for Matsuyama. Holly, that's about as storybook as it comes. You know, as long as I've watched Japanese players on on the PGA Tour in America, I've always been amazed that they're able to perform to the level they have with the amount of attention that's, that's paid to them. The amount of media that follows them around Every round, every tournament, practically every moment of their working days, you know, somebody from the media is reporting their movements. And, you know, a lot of guys from Japan have wilted under that, you know, like Ryo Ishikawa, for instance. Uh, he was the, the shy prince and was going to be the next great Japanese player. But Hideki Matsuyama has, you know, he's got, I think, eight PGA Tour titles now, and he has put up uh, with the media attention, and after he won the Masters, he was absolutely a folk hero in Japan. So winning this tournament in his home country, um, he was the highest-ranked player there. Uh, He was, quote, supposed to win, but as we all know, supposed to doesn't always work out. And uh, he hit a lot of great shots down the stretch, particularly uh, the second shot to the par 5-18th on Sunday where he made eagle and, and wound up winning by five. It was great stuff. Yeah, that's certainly a drop-your-mic moment. And I really appreciate what some of these players, in terms of you know holding up their country in the world of golf and sports, uh, you know, my days at the LPGA, we had a Yako Okamoto from Japan, Seiri Pak, of course, the great Korean player uh, who still has the most wins of the Korean players out on the LPGA Tour. And, you know, it's just such tremendous, tremendous pressure. Uh, I think Hideki felt it a little bit in the Olympics, of course, which was in Japan. Uh, I think he was a little disappointed that he didn't medal uh, in that crazy uh, playoff with, what, seven players, Mike? But uh, yeah. what a bounce back this is. Yeah, he's, uh, he's shown a lot of, of inner strength, um, a lot of resolve. Uh, you know, when, when Hideki's on the golf course, he looks like he's all business. And even after he's interviewed, you know, through an interpreter, you know, he doesn't look like he uh, he celebrates a lot, uh, but I promise you he celebrated this one. I bet you. And I, I would imagine after his master's victory, 
he's got a, a supply of sake for the rest of his life, don't you think? Unlimited. <laughs> as much as he wants, whenever he wants. Oh, that's 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 priceless. So the big story this week just coming out yesterday. More news on this Saudi-backed Super Golf League, Mike, and uh, the news that Greg Norman set to be the commissioner. Can you? First, update my listeners on what this whole thing is about and, and what's the latest. Well, we, we've seen a couple of iterations of this thing in the last year or so, from the, the Premier Golf League uh, to Super Golf League, and, and now maybe it's just the Saudi Golf League. It was always backed by Saudi Arabian money. Uh, and the Saudis are spending a lot of time and a lot of resources you know, trying to legitimize themselves in the world's eye through sports. And uh, and there's some layers to this uh, that we'll get into in a second. As far as Greg Norman is concerned, he's carrying a 27-year-old grudge against the PGA Tour. In 1994, he introduced the idea of a world golf tour. That's right. And, and was roundly criticized and shouted down and embarrassed and even humiliated. I'm not sure Greg Norman could ever be humiliated, but I think he was. Arnold Palmer even stood up in front of a crowd and denounced Norman's efforts in this regard. But the, the worst of it was three years later, 1997, PGA Tour Commissioner Tim Fincham introduced the World Golf Championships events, and Norman was livid. He was incensed. And he's been carrying this grudge ever since. So in that regard, he's the perfect commissioner for this thing uh, because, you know, he's been trying to get his revenge against uh, Tim Fincham and the PGA Tour uh, ever since. Now, the Saudis, they, you know, they don't understand American or Western sports and, and their athletes in this regard, the Saudis think that if you throw enough money at something, uh, they'll get what they want. And the problem with this Premier Golf League, Super Golf League, Saudi Golf League, is that money is not the issue. The best players in the world want to be able to win major championships. And if they were to participate in this new venture, there's no guarantee that the official World Golf Ranking would give these tournaments ranking points, and there's no guarantee that the four entities that uh, put on the major championships, none of which, in fact, are the PGA Tour, none of those four entities have said they would allow this golf league's players to participate in, in the four majors. Uh, so, and the Ryder Cup, for that matter. Uh, you know, I'm sure that the Saudis uh, would come at the PGA of America with a couple of hundred million dollars to try to, quote, partner with them. Uh, and whether that would be successful is doubtful. But if, if players can't play in the major championships and play in the Ryder Cup, this is a non-starter. Now, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan has said that anybody who participates uh, will be suspended and permanently banned from the PGA Tour. And 
you know, that's a shot across the bow, but if and when that would ever happen, uh, you know, there would be a court case, you know, within months of, of that announcement, and I'm not sure that the tour has a legal leg to stand on. Uh, but I just don't think, even with the kind of money that, the, that they're talking about, unless major championships in the Ryder Cup are figured into the picture, I don't think there are going to be uh, star players participating in this, no uh, matter how much money there is. I, I agree, and they have certainly, as you said, been throwing the money around um, the Saudi international event is now sanctioned by the Asian tour, following by a reported $100 million investment into the tour by the Saudis. Uh, so to, to your point, they seem to be trying to throw, uh, throw money at this. But it's Well, the reason, Holly, the reason for that is, is that the European tour uh, ceased to sanction the Saudi international. They decided not to sanction it, and the Asian tour came along and said, yeah, we'll do it, and the Saudis pointed up $100 million to, uh, you know, in, in, quote, payment. Interesting. You know, the, the, they say, you know, the guys that have played in Saudi International the last year or so, you know, PGA Tour players are um, have selective uh, outrage when it comes to uh, foreign governments. You know, they're not outraged as long as somebody's stroking them a 2 or $3 million appearance fee check to show up and play. And all these guys that played like Dustin Johnson, uh, Phil Mickelson, you know, the, the talking points are that, well, we're trying to grow the game in Saudi Arabia. Well, I think, no, let's think about this for a minute. There are about 5,000 golfers in Saudi Arabia, and there are 14 golf courses, seven of them uh, with grass. The others are sand golf courses. And only five of the 14 are open to the public. Now, last year, a year ago at this time, Golf Saudi announced that it would uh, open the doors uh, to a, a thousand Saudi women to learn to play golf for free. But it was going to be limited to a thousand. And the plan was that the Saudi, by 2030, there were going to be like you know, 13 more uh, public access golf courses you know, designed by the likes of Greg Norman and Jack Nicholas, And that's, that's all well and good. That's, you know, that's a grand-sounding plan. But it's a year later, and we don't know what's going on because, you know, no information is forthcoming from the Saudi government. There's nobody to follow up on this. There's nobody that to guarantee that this grand plan you know, doesn't just disappear while the Saudis are being legitimized in the eyes of the world. A lot of people are calling this sports washing. Uh, they are whitewashing uh, their own uh, human rights, uh, regularly with women. They're whitewashing this by the use of sports. Well, so there's a lot of layers to this. Yeah, they're, they're it's not not very simple. One thing's for certain coming off of uh, the recent win uh, at the Ryder Cup at Kohler. Uh, we see a new breed in, you know, these uh, 20-something golfers. 
and uh, you know they grew up watching Americans getting tranced by the Europeans, and they have a great amount of respect for that team competition. And uh, those those points and making the team, we certainly saw it this year was uh, a big focus on how a lot of the players set up their schedule this past year. Well, the, the young guys that were part of this Ryder Cup team, uh, there are a couple of things going on with that. First of all, they didn't have any scar tissue. They, they weren't guys like Matt Kuchar and Bubba Watson who had been getting their hats handed to them you know, over the last 20 years. I mean, I can't imagine... You know, having getting your butts kicked time and time again and going into the Ryder Cup once again where everybody says the Americans are the favorites and Europe is sitting over there in the team room just laughing. And, the you know, the amount of dread that these American veterans must have felt going to the first tee on Friday at these Ryder Cups thinking, man, is this going to happen to us again? Well, these young guys got none of that. And, 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 in fact, they don't have any of that, and these guys are enthusiastic, and more importantly, they're fearless. You know, these guys have come up in college. And they, they won. A lot of those guys won right away on the PGA Tour. They're scared of nothing. Uh, you know, Ryder Cup, so what? Let's go get them. Absolutely. And they're enthusiastic. And, uh, and it bodes well for the U.S. Ryder Cup team, you know, going forward. It sure does. Well, from the young guys to the old guys, how about Bernhard, the Germanator longer, 64, winning for the 42nd time, oldest winner in PGA Tour Champions history, Mike. Hey, we still got time. It gives an old guy like me hope. He's pretty amazing, Bernhard. What a work ethic. Oh, he's, well, he keeps himself in great shape. He, he works hard at his game. Uh, he's, his short game has, has not dropped off. He's lost 10 or 15 yards off the tee, but, you know, he can still get it up and down when he needs to. He's not going to win uh, at a regular rate like he has been, you know, over the last 10 years going forward. But the fact that he can still win at age 64, was the oldest winner on the PGA Tour champions ever at that age. Uh, you know, it says a lot about his physical condition and, and maybe even more of that is his mental toughness. Langer has been one of the most mentally tough players that, that's, you know, ever played the game. I was, I was sitting on the fringe of the 18th green in 1991 at Kiowa, when Longer missed the putt to give the United States the Ryder Cup. And, you know, I felt, I just felt so sorry for him. I just felt all this sympathy and empathy. And, and that was, you know, I shouldn't have done that because the very next week he goes and wins the German Open in his home country. You know, that's, that's, that's what kind of guy he is. Oh, yeah. You know, when you think about digging deep. And when you also think about, and let's face it, uh, Phil Mickelson was the defending champion last week, uh, coming off winning the Constellation. As we know, Phil's, uh, you know, kind of double dipping now between the champions and still wanting to, you know, uh, 
be viable out there on the PGA Tour. Oh, by the way, PGA champion Phil Nicholson. But it just shows you, you know, the competition. We're watching the guys now that we grew up watching on the tour, Perk. And, you know, uh, it's a tough tour. So for for Langer, being out there and, you know, still practicing and grinding, I mean, it, it truly is remarkable. Yeah, you know, some of those guys, you know, usually when the when the senior tour first started, you know, nobody practiced after the round. You know, they all went and got a drink. That's right. But these guys, you know, there's so much money in it now that, you know, if you can make 2 or $3 million a year playing golf in your 50s, um, that's a pretty big deal. So, you know, these guys are practicing, they're working out, they're eating right. Uh, you know, you don't see any fat guys on the PGA Tour champions anymore. <laughs> you sure don't. In case anybody has lost track, uh, we are off to the Bermuda Championship this week. Uh, still being impacted by COVID, Mike, uh, in terms of the field. Um, what's what's your update? Well, uh you know, it's not going to have a great field. The Bermuda Championship is not going to attract the best players. Brian Gay is the defending champion, and uh, you know, Brandon Hagee is currently leading in first round uh, at four under. So, you know, there are a lot of guys that you don't really know a lot about. Gray um, McDowell's there, Danny Willis there. Brian Gay had a tough time getting to Bermuda. Um, he had some some flight. Troubles, um, you know, going along with with travel restrictions, and uh, and he got there a day later than he originally had planned. Um, the Bermuda Championship, you know, is part of the you know the fall schedule, and it gives opportunities uh, to guys for guys to compete uh, without most of the top players there, and, and that's a that's a pretty good opportunity. You know, Brendan Todd. Uh, won last year as Park is, you know, coming back from the abyss, and and that was a great story. Uh, and maybe we'll get one of those kinds of stories this year. Well, it, it is a time of year when you know some of the the rookies get to shine, get to get their feet wet. Um, December we have the Hero World Challenge, which is Tiger's Invitational. Any uh, news coming out of Tiger Camp? Perky. No, 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 you know, he was spotted, you know, about three weeks ago on the driving range at one of his son Charlie's tournaments. He was spotted, you know, without crutches, um, you know, walking. I, I think he was using a golf club as kind of a walking stick. But, you know, to be out there without crutches and walking around uh, is, you know, pretty remarkable. And, um, you know, he's going to have a long road to get wherever it is he wants to go. You know, I just hope that his recovery is at least where he can he can walk like he should and, you know, chase Charlie around to junior tournaments. And, and if, that's his, if that's his life in golf uh, going forward, I think even that's a pretty big deal. Uh, it sure is. And uh, can you imagine Tiger? On the bag, <laughs> cat in for Charlie. That would be quite a sight, wouldn't it? Well, let me let me tell you something, Holly G. 
Uh, I don't know what Vegas odds would be on that. <laughs> and and a lot of people have gone broke betting against Tiger Woods, but I can't, but I would bet the ranch against Tiger Woods caddying for Charlie. You're going to take the over-under on um, Tiger. Hey, uh, the likes of, of Phil winning the PGA Championship, uh, what Bernhard Langer's doing, you got to believe that that's just a juice for Mr. Tiger Woods to uh, keep fighting through this uh, rehab process. Absolutely. Well, Perky, it's a pleasure. Always fun to have you on the show, and I appreciate it so much. Uh, check out all of his great reporting at SI. Is it sport? It's SI.com, Perk? SI.com. All right, Sports Illustrated, one of our best. Mike Perky, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Holly G. Anytime for you.